G'day everyone, welcome back to For the Love of Brick, a fortnightly Lego podcast where I interview people from all over the world about their love of Lego. Today I interview Simon Liu, a Canadian Affle well known in North American lugs and in the online space. Simon is super enthusiastic and has a lot of fun in his building and how he engages with the Lego community. You can really hear that in his interview. He had lots of stories to share, so this interview is a little longer, but I hope you enjoy it anyway. So whether you're building, sorting, or just on your way to work, please enjoy this episode of For the Love of Brick. Hello, Simon. How are you today? Uh, Not bad. Yourself? Oh, yeah, pretty good. (laughs) Um... So, I'm going to come out with the hard-hitting questions straight up. Uh, first things first, do you like to build in or out of the computer? Absolutely out of computer. Uh, yep. As someone that used to work, well, I still work all the time on computers, but I used to do a lot more typing and coding. Uh, the whole point of Lego is that it is tactile. I can touch, I can play. Um, if I do it all on a computer, that's just not as interesting. Yep. Um, and... I have done it before. It is very rare for me to ever do anything in computer unless I'm doing instructions. And that's usually because I need to do instructions for something very specific. But part of the fun or most of the fun is to play and yep. to build. And so it's all physical. And that goes from a building perspective and even like a buying perspective, like the from a builder pers- angle, some builders like to uh, build slowly, uh, like build a little bit, figure out works, makes an order, get some in, uh, or like do like the rainbow thing where you, you figure out how it works and then you buy the pieces that fit back together. I'm no like the, I, I want to build. So like I will buy probably more than I should so that when I do have time to build to sit down, I got the pieces and I'm limited by what I have. Like yeah. I will rarely do a project or a build where I was like, okay, I need 10 of these, I'm going to wait, make an order. And because it takes a long time to get pieces sometimes, it, I, I, I'm impatient. So really it comes down to when I build, I build. And if I don't have it, because a lot of things I build aren't really specific things, it's usually out of my own imagination, my own design, yep. or completely. I get to make it up. So if yeah. it doesn't work, I don't have the piece. I would just build something else or build around it or change it up. I, I like that. Like That's pretty much what I do too. I I would love to be able to have a crack at the computer, but I'm like, I just like building it. And again, from my mind as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I see, you know, how people, you know, they'll do a bricklink order so that they can build the thing that they need to build. I can't wait that long. Uh, like that's just me yeah exactly Um, exactly like the i want to keep going yeah and it's like oh you know i have a fair bit of bricks like i'm assuming you have a Mm -hmm. lot of bricks because you've been doing this for a while quite a bit yeah (laughs) um but yeah like you know when you do come to that point where you um you're like oh i need to do this and i need this brick to make it look like that ah i have to work around it like, do you enjoy that process of going, oh, well, I don't have this particular brick. I I have to do something else. Like, you know, I have to suck yeah, it up. No, uh, 
No, I, I enjoy it. It's part of the challenge. Like it, it brings back to like when you're a kid, you only have so many pieces. Now I still have only so many pieces that so many pieces is astronomically larger than what I used to, but the same problem solving exists. Like I want to build something that's in my mind. If I don't have that piece, I might, I just have to make it work. Yep. What I don't like is the when I've so made like a really cool solution and I have let's say half of it done, like one side, and then when I go to mirror it and I can't find another one, okay, that's fun. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll order it because like it lo- it works so well on the left side, I can't have the right side different because <laughs> um, usually I'm pretty symmetrical. Yep. Uh, but besides that, like the it, it's part of the challenge and I I. I prefer building again like i am call it impatient isn't really the right word but um spontaneous builder where yeah. i just want it to keep working and such i the only way i get around that like you know like ah mm-hmm. oh, the left is done the right isn't is i'm like well i'm just taking a picture of the left <laughs> ah see but that that's the problem like the i'm a guy that will go to a lot of conventions right yeah so a lot of things i build will bring it to a convention. So it could be, it falls under two categories. One is the, well, okay, it does, actually, three categories. One, I won't bring it to convention, i.e. I'll take the picture and that's it. It'll go on my yep. uh, Flickr account and that's it. Or two, okay, uh, I'll build one side. I have between now and the convention to order pieces to finish the other side. Uh, <laughs> or three, I just suck it up and there's no, no back or whatever. Um, that's usually rare. I probably will try to fix it. But at the same time, sometimes like the, okay, I'm done with this build. I'm not going to invest too much more. And if the back isn't perfect, well, only I see the back and my fellow builders see the back. And yep. they, they, I, I'm teaching them how to build by seeing the, uh, That's the, it. the ugly inside, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's a like, teaching a moment. Teaching moment. Yes. You know, when it's like the human body and they have half of it is the, the mm-hmm. actual skin and everything. The other half is the skeleton. You know, you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and there are actually times where I actually have explicitly done this because I've created some larger uh, builds. Claptrap, which is from a video game, um, he the build probably stood um, like, uh, put it in like 50 centimeters or so tall, like half a meter. Yep. So it's pretty big. But the whole thing basically collapsed. Like the half of it was a solid wheel. And then the, there was a box structure and like... I purposely left the back open because I could show how this packs down. Like yeah. I, I drive everywhere, typically in a car. Sometimes I'll fly, but this one was like the the panels come off and this entire box structure, cube structure, it breaks down into nothing. Like the, there's four struts and two squares. Yeah. But like it's easier to show people how that happened and how it keeps it steady. So I kept the back open so that. I can show people like, yeah, this, you see how this is where you slot in the four kind of pillars onto this square, the square goes on top and then there's latches for basically the facades. Ah. So like sometimes it's actually, it is beneficial to have that back open so that you can share some of those secrets to builders. Teachable moments in Lego. (laughs) Yes. And totally not because I was lazy. (laughs) Um, And why Lego? Like, why did you, uh, you know, what, what was what was it about Lego that, um, well, let's say even got you back into it? Um, it was near the end of university. Um, so, like like most people, I, I played with Lego as a kid. Um, I think I, I, actually in my university application, I actually did 
talk about Lego and the engineering principles of designing something from a uh, discrete number of parts to come up with a solution. And I, I wrote something really fancy, like my intro thing. But really, like, yeah, I, I was in the dark, so-called dark ages where people aren't really into Lego. And it was last year of my um, last semester at school, and they were absolute jerks. And basically, I had about a month for exams. I oh. had, I think it was something like seven exams in the first six days. And then I had two weeks off before my final exam. So I had a lot of time in between <laughs> there. So, And I just happened to be at a Lego st- or a toy store, because what else am I going to do? We're hanging out at the mall, because well, whatever. And I, I saw like a Star Wars set. And I'm like, the, I can buy a Star Wars set. Just like, whatever, because I got time to kill, and I can only drink so much. So... <laughs> I got that and I just remembered how much fun it was. And then once I finally got a job, I was like, okay, I'm going to like start buying some Lego. And ever since then, it it would have stopped there until I found the community. And that's yeah. the, the, the critical part and why in my mind the, the community is so important to me is the once you find that community, it's 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 hard to go back and especially because I've went to the convention. So it's not just the online community, which is fantastic and where I got my start from, but also the, 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 the in-person community, like some of my best friends now I've met at conventions or through Lego and the, the inter and the first convention I went to, um, that's Brickwork Chicago. Um, there were some in Canada, but they're not really the same level. It was a big international audience. I went there. I was welcome with open arms and met a lot of people. It was fantastic. And that like resonated with me. And that's why even from this day, like the, I remember as a new person coming to the community, how great that felt and how great it was. And then just taking that and expanding on it and just why I keep doing all these things for the community or to drive the community because like it's how it keeps the ball rolling right like the yeah it's it's a great pastime you meet a lot of people it's challenging it's fun and just it just get, it has kept me going like if it wasn't for the community and stuff i would probably be maybe like just a set collector i build them i stash them away or put them on walls but like no yeah. like the Outside of Monkey King, which is weirdly exception, and outside of conventions, I don't remember the last time I actually built a Lego set just to build it. Yeah. I don't build Lego sets. I build mocks. I, I create my own thing. I will do speed builds and things at conventions and like things like that. But like the outside of Monkey King is okay. It's actually a really really cool set. The yeah. giant mech I got. I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna build this because it's cool. So you got, uh, you got I, the I giant mech. Oh yeah, I, I got both of them. They're fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I've been looking at. Oh uh, yeah, it is a beautiful set. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't help that I, I know quite a few of the Lego designers as well. So like, I knew personally the person that built it. So I, I collect the sets too. So like, let's not be. Like, I do have a lot in my backlog, but when I have time to go and build, I prefer to build my own thing than just following instructions. It's, it's rare that I got that like. Oh, I really want to build this. Yep. Um, outside of a secondary reason, like making a, a review video, a joke, a joke thing, or um, convention activities and things like that. Like outside of those times, really, it's 
the if I have time to play a Flygo at home, I'm gonna build something, and I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be something for me that's for me. Yeah, well, that's because that's the thing as well. Like, do do you do you like follow? Like, do you, do you find it? A lot of people find it therapeutic following instructions. Do you find it therapeutic? I wouldn't say it's not therapeutic, but it's not as therapeutic to myself. I can see where it is, and I, I can see why some people like sorting. There's a certain mentality. I, I don't know if you can hear. I'm kind of doing that right now because yep. I'm uh, <laughs> trying to sort because forever sorting. But yeah. for me, because every single time I build, it's almost a race. Like Because normally speaking, the time that I build, I'm literally racing against someone else who is also building. So yep. it's kind of more i am very impressed with the sets they are coming out with and part of me wants to build more because i want to see what the lego designers are doing especially because i know some of the designers that are out there and how wonderfully talented builders they are both in uh the like online community or like the community aspect as well as the i understand and can easily see how this translates into uh the lego sets actually i i I actually lied like the speed champions i build a lot of those because they're phenomenal yeah the the tiny little like sure they they now have like the eight wide but like before like the four wide sorry six wide like yeah that's an incredible amount of detail packed in such a little thing like it feels like a mock like they're dense they're full of um fun snot pieces or studs on the side so you get all these crazy like it, those ones i find the joy isn't in the methodical building it's the oh i see what you did there or oh yeah. that's clever that that's the joy i get from a set not necessarily the methodical following the question it's the oh i see how 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 this comes together yeah see i i'm i'm with you on that like I, that's what i like to mark um i i do like to build so you can figure out like mm-hmm. you know like from instructions so you can figure out what they've done but I find every time I follow instructions, I usually grind my teeth just because I'm like, what is it? <laughs> Let's get to the end. Let's get to the end. Um, but that's probably something <laughs> well, way for, more For me, it's more serious. the, oh, I'm going to steal this. Oh, that's that one I'm going to keep. Oh, this, this. Oh, I want that piece. Yes. <laughs> um, and the Speed Champions. I never got into the Speed Champions mm. uh, just for the main reason that there was a point where I bought a lot of bulk lots and I've uh-huh. got more tires and wheels and I know what to do with. So for whatever reason, the, the guys that are in the speed championship or at speed champs, uh, they have the ability to introduce a lot of pieces. Yep. New pieces are very common in a lot of the, uh, especially the older ones, the originally, like all those curved plates and um, curve, like uh, the cut bows, all came from Speed Champs, or at least were readily available. And it's relatively small, like it's a relatively cheap set. It's like uh, probably like uh, 15, 20 um, Australian dollars, like that. And you get a lot of great parts. Yep. And useful parts. Like, yes, the wheels are useless for the most <laughs> part, but that's only eight pieces. Yeah, yeah, true. I would argue four pieces because, like, the, 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 the rims. Are, those are actually pretty useful for yeah. sci-fi for me. So, yeah. like, sure, the, the the rubber might be not that useful. Uh, though I do have a guy that really likes rubber tires, so I can easily just, like, give him a giant bag of, here you go, I know you're going to use this, I won't. <laughs> but 
the rest of the pieces are fantastic in there. Like you had like the 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 sandwich tiles, which is like the two by two that's completely cut uh, by forty five degrees. Oh, that's yeah, an yeah. awesome piece, and that came in with the. Um, uh, I forget the one of the the rally cars and such. Yeah, but like they're the best. Like the it's a very common set um, that we get at conventions to yep. do like uh, drafting and uh, alt builds or alternative builds. We just take that pieces and build something. And we I love those sets because it has cool pieces that people would actually want afterwards yep. it has uh the, the so-called snot pieces or the studs on the sides which is very important for a lot of people's building styles these days yeah so it, it is the if you're looking for like a one pack that is super useful and we usually couple it with something else like that that is our go-to type of set because it we know each one of these cars to get those angles the way they are yeah, gotta have a lot of interior structure, and that's very useful for mock building. Yeah. Okay, honey, I've got to go buy some <laughs> <laughs> for research. Research. Yeah, that's it exactly. Um, uh, what was going to say? Um, so, do you 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 do you bricklink or do you buy sets to dismantle and take them for what they are to part out as is? Um, I do buy a lot of sets and the intent is usually to dismantle them. Uh, unfortunately the goes down to combination of laziness and time versus effort. The, the sets tend to be more of a, um, simple organizational technique yep. in that if I need a piece from there, I, or sorry, if I need a piece, I will go on Bricklink and say, which sets have that piece? Do I have that set in the closet? If so, there you go. I don't even need to sort. <laughs> I know it's in that box and in that thing. So I do that, but the vast majority of my pieces do come from Bricklink or um, some. sometimes I buy use lots, but a lot of time it also comes from uh, lug bulk and things like that, where, where Lego supports the lug and allows you to buy pieces uh, once every year. I've been building for probably four years now. Um, mm-hmm. And... I just started getting into the community like mm-hmm. five months before well, COVID hit. Yeah, thank you. Because, um, yeah, I was just building at home and, you know, mocking and whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd heard of lugs, but I'd never mm-hmm. been like, oh, I'm going to go out and, you know, because I'm, I'm a homebody, blah, blah, blah. And then I was ready to, um, what do you call it? Uh, display for the first time mm-hmm. right as Rona hit. <laughs> so everything got cancelled so I've got so many big sets that are now just sitting there waiting for when we're allowed to display again because I'm like no I am taking this thing with me but mm. the long way around the question I was just asking what are the benefits of being in let's say a lug like what is when you say Lego lets you allowed to buy bulk is it a mm. specific sort of stuff you're allowed to buy or are they like just go, go nuts or whatever we've got so Lugs in general, uh, lug being Lego user group, are basically affiliations. They're, and there's different ways to have these affiliations. They could be, the, the majority of them are uh, physicality-based, i.e. it's a localized area. So Toronto is has Toro Lug, Toronto um, Lego user group, which I actually founded many years ago because I, I wanted a group of people that I saw 
that wants to build and display the same way I did. Um, there wasn't an original lug in Toronto, oh. um, but they were, um, they've been around the block. So displaying, for instance, they didn't like, they weren't, trying actively to find new places or new reasons because they've done this for like five ten years they, it's not new to them but for like me when i was first getting it's like i like you i wanted to show my stuff i i built my cool spaceship it's ready to go yeah Let, let's find some places to show it um but so and i want to keep building like the a lot of the builders tend to have depending on uh the, how long you've been in the community you might be here's my my, my showpiece that I just bring that I dust off and bring to different shows. But me is like the, I've basically made the rule. And even to this day to our detriment, Toro Lug has effectively never shown with certain exceptions, never shown the same build twice in the same show. So if we have a yearly show, we'll build new things every year. Yeah. Cause that's the mentality that I had. And for the longest time, that was kind of how I pushed the lug and just through osmosis slash like, um, I, I don't want to say influence, but like that, that's just what we did because we just love building. So having lugs allow you to have that connection with people, with um, events, like not just people to build with, but a reason to build. Yeah. And this kind of expanded in the, okay, we started going to the convention. So we as a group, like I think it was six of us drove from uh, Toronto to Chicago for our first brick world. That's like an eight hour drive. But like it was the group that like we want to go there. So they're like we carpooled and stuff. So like and then when, when we're there, we had our own little protective clique in worst case scenario. Like the <laughs> we, we, we didn't know what's going to happen. We don't know. But like the they're very open. So like the, the lugs are quite good. And not all lugs are created equal, which is fine. But it it's usually there is a group of people that like lego and yeah. what they like and what they want to do with it is very drastic so and lugs can be very different in terms of size as well so european lugs for instance and and asian lugs tend to be extremely large they're almost like country sized oh, versus okay. north americans we don't play nice with others. So, and uh, once again, I, I'm a bad influence in the, I created my own lug. We create lots of little lugs, which is more uh, in the order of magnitude of 50 to hundred people or, or less. And we kind of are more focused. And then some of the other lugs in Europe are much, much larger. Yeah. Uh, but from Lego's perspective, they will recognize groups that get together and they meet certain requirements. And then there's also a online kind of, group or um a recognized online community which is slightly different and that's what actually rubble lug is and i can get into that a bit later yes but the standard lugs basically they will do shows and they promote lego by basically doing shows so lego basically said this is great um basically free advertising so <laughs> we want to help promote you guys help yeah. you promote lego and one of the things they offer is something called lug bulk every year and uh we are allowed to talk about this so it's not secret by any stretch the yeah. pricing for pieces is secret let's just say it's very good but they basically say okay to help facilitate you guys building lego and displaying it assuming you meet certain criteria you can buy whatever pieces off of this list. And this list is basically um, things that are currently in production or using sets in, let's say, about the last three years 
with the exception of no um, license IP thing. So you can buy stormtroopers or anything like that, but yeah. you could potentially buy the stormtrooper gun because it's used elsewhere, or you could buy the lightsaber handles. Um, the, the the key is the int. So like, there's a whole sub cottage group of people like people looking oh, oh they used it in a non-licensed set we can get that we can get that now <laughs> um and you can choose as a group 85 uh unique pieces and that's color and piece oh. and you can buy that up to a certain amount um which is about uh 300 us or so um, oh, okay and and that could be so some people will buy uh 300 of two by fours because that's what they do. Some people will buy, um, try to buy all 85 uh, pieces. And then some people will concentrate versus the, okay, well, this piece is actually really expensive if I were to get it on BrickLink and other things. So I'm going to max out on those. Like, So th that's what I tend to do. Yeah. Is the, I, I, again, it's usually because it depends on the type of builder you are. I'm sci-fi guy. So like the, the so-called greeble pieces that like are like the tiny detail stuff. I yep. go to town on those <laughs> because the prices are generally more in line with, if you look at the bricks and pieces, it's kind of similar to like that. Yeah. It, it's in line with almost how much it costs them to produce, which means a, um, a, the, the, the ski pole, which is very expensive because it comes in very low sets. And then if yep. you want a dark, uh, blay or a dark, or um, uh, dark stone gray, it's not that common, but it's not that lot of plastic. So like you can get that on lug bulk for far cheaper and I can get like 200 of them, more than I'll ever need. Yeah. And those are famous last words because the instant you have 200, <laughs> the first time you use it, oh crap, uh, I need more. <laughs> so there, there are benefits from that perspective, but honestly, it, it's the point where if that's the only reason you're joining the lug, that's not really great for the luck, but yeah. I do know that I hate to say it, but it is. And the, the point again is to buy bricks to display. And I have seen many occasions where someone has bought the bricks and I've never seen them use that in display. And it's not like I'm like keeping track is like the, I remember <laughs> you made that weird pick and like, I don't think I've ever seen you use that. But at the same time, like the, as a group, it's what your group wants to do. Like it would be perfectly valid for a lug that is just solely uh, for collecting. They just want to collect. There's people that collect minifigs and things like that. So um, it's the more you get into the community, you also realize how splits the wrong word, but like how there's different pockets of interest on what people want yeah. and what people like. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's well, because it is like an artistic, for, like I, I say that to people, like people are like, oh yeah, build with mm -hmm. Lego. And it's like, yeah, but this is my this is my medium, my artistic medium. And I guess you know, mm -hmm. there are different people that like to paint different, you know, different things, and you know, sculpt and whatnot, um, in different styles. Yeah. So, you know, so you're, you're sci-fi. <laughs> I am very sci-fi. Yes, in case you did not know, <laughs> and, and thank you for checking out my builds ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, yeah, I did. I, <laughs> I, I like. Actually, one thing that really um, resonated, and I, I think mm -hmm. it was beautiful, it was a collab, uh, like a collaboration you did, was mm -hmm. StarCraft. Oh, yes. That, that, oh, oh, man. That, that, that beautiful. was <laughs> two year, two, three years in the making. Um, we hashed that idea like many years before that happened. And yep. It took that long to get it going because it's a, 
it's also a common thing that people procrastinate where they, okay, so we knew we we're going to target for, it was for a Chicago convention. So we're going to target it there. And then we're like, okay, well, we haven't gotten enough done and we haven't figured out what the truth. So like it was honestly probably the, the longest collaboration I've done um, for like a single display piece because the R and D on that was very heavy. And um, I hate to say it like the, all I did was pretty much build the terrain and help with the kind of like the feedback on the units. Like none of those units was really my design. Oh, I really like, kind of helped. Yeah. Because the, we had champions, so to speak of just people that really liked it and they worked really hard on theirs. They would post whips. Like we, we, I think we even went through like two different types of communication method. We went through like the, the flicker where we just posted it. And then we found this kind of like scrum board where people would post things and we, we tried different things. And, and then like, this is kind of like the, the, because I was the only one, was I the only one driving? I was the only one driving. I basically appointed myself as the terrain guy because for things like this, you have to have a nice terrain. Yeah. And I was like, guys, like, go crazy. Just tell me how much this to build. And like, <laughs> they kept building and building. I'm like, the, I'm not joking. Like, half the time, I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Like, it, it turned out to be, I believe it, is, it was uh, 14 feet, like, basically wow. almost two full tables was that stretch. Um, it's really funny because we actually have a world record for this build it was really silly but it was like the <laughs> largest scaled real-time strategy game in lego or like it was someone reached out to us on reddit and like the we want to give you a world record let's figure out what to give i'm like okay um but yeah like the so i, I think that is probably the, the my best example of having an idea realizing where to do have timelines and focusing and building towards it and the realization that we weren't going to hit that timeline so we delayed it a whole year when we realized okay it was probably like two months out we're nowhere near where we needed to um, yeah. because we wanted to almost create I, I didn't actually do the numbers but i think we almost created effectively every single unit type which is a lot yeah and we just weren't there the, the, the first time we wanted to display and we're like, okay, well, let's just stretch it out a year. Like, is every, like, this is also why part of me likes keeping collabs secret and like I, I don't tip my hand on builds because it might be delayed. We, we might lose interest or um, goes off the rails. <laughs> and this yeah. was one of these things. And we did bring in some extra people at the end, but like it was still mainly the, the one, two, three, like the four or five main people that really got and built it. And then we added like a couple two at the end and it was, it was impressive. Like the, the, that yeah. group, like the, just even to this day is like, I, I'm thinking back to the, the really fun memories. And we had one builder from Belgium and he was not going to the convention, but like he, he was like our Bart, the bobbler. Like he is, he was like the creature guy. Like he built a lot of cool creatures and less like the bionicle, but more, kind yep. of just like system wise so he was zerg he he was the zerg and he shipped me the biggest box i've ever got uh yeah like i, I just actually no like i'm just thinking because i got like a new chair that was a pretty no i think that box is still bigger like it was full of all these lego containers of the the things he built plus extra bits like a good chunk of my purple 
was because he just shipped me all this purple for the creep. If, if you know, know Starcraft, ah, yep, like yep, that's yep. The, the thing for the Zerg. And because we didn't know and how much landscape we were going to need, he just gave me like his entire purple collection. And what was crazy is the when we were at the convention. So here's the fun thing. Is a lot of these collaborations, we, we plan it online, we figure it out, like we might do a test fit here and there, but because we're not physically in the same spot, there's only so much you can do. So yeah. conventions, you learn and like you, you get really close to people because you spend hours setting up the thing for the first time. And I've been in other collabs where <laughs> like, oh, I thought it was 10 high. Well, wait, I, I built mine 11 high <laughs> and things like that. And, yeah. and for, for this particular collab was the, we didn't have the creep really on it. So we had to basically lay out 14 feet roughly and then about a third of that is what four feet or so um we, we spent the time taking the purple and just like putting on the purple and just like build out the purple on top of what i built so that we had things for the zerg and things yeah um huh. well actually that'd make it a bit yeah. more organic as well like as in because you are able to build that for that yeah, exactly that's, yeah that's awesome <laughs> and even for like my solo builds um it is not it's rare, but it's not unheard of for me to never put together the whole thing until I'm at a convention. Because I, I live in downtown Toronto. I don't have that much physical space. Yeah. So if I build anything that is larger than a table, I don't really have anywhere to test fit that. So like I'll, I'll do it like kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll set up this part and then the start beside it. And then I'll take that first part, shuffle the second part, and put in the third part and make sure it looks okay. Yeah. So sometimes I can't take pictures and stuff until I actually get to a convention because I just don't can't set it up. You need a bigger place. <laughs> I uh, I do. I also need a bigger car, but that's a whole new discussion. Yeah, when you carpool, you said you carpooled and so forth. How do you all fit yeah. your Lego in without breaking? Uh, <laughs> so, holding it. Uh, well normally we usually do like the driver and the the shotgun or the navigator but it depends on the year how many people are going um in the past we've been extremely um lucky that one of our members grand diamond would drive and have a trailer so the entire tour leg group was like the yeah so how much trailer space you got um and because like the, the couple of times he went like the he brought so much stuff like it's incredible like he is actually he's canada's second uh lego certified professional uh, okay, or lcp yep. um and he kind of focuses and does a lot of bricks that are or a lot of building with not regular bricks but duplo bricks because if you think from a performance aspect like a public thing if you're going to build something over a weekend well you can build eight times as big with duplo yeah so he does a lot of that so uh the first uh was it the first year i think it was the first year he went was arguably my favorite build of all time we, we built we, we trucked in uh all this duplo and we built a bar oh really like an actual yes and then i can show you the pictures later but it was an actual bar with stools that you can sit down and like hang out and this was like in my mind the perfect build in that it is a Again, I, I'm kind of like a community guy, so I like it when people get together and people that don't normally get together because everyone at some point wanted to sit down at the bar. 
and like <laughs> and so like we we're playing bartender so we we're like oh, it was fantastic like the we we we, we generally just only had like a, a cooler full of beer so if someone wants a beer i was like here's a beer and yep. then people started asking mixed drinks and stuff like we're like you know there's just a cooler here. this is it, it looks it's big it looks like a bar but you realize there's no actual and then we're like okay you know what orange juice and vodka is really not that hard so the night afterwards we stepped it up and we served uh mixed drinks but like but it was at the focal point of that convention where everyone kind of stopped by at some point and i think uh it was hilarious because like people would start dropping off leftover food they went to dinner they had like a doggy bag and they're like well let's just leave it by the bar someone would eat it and like of course we'd eat it <laughs> and we like even jokingly like like so so we, we kind of basically had an open beer policy where if you're of age uh you can have a beer it's on us like the we see you guys like once a year the least yeah. we can do is buy you a beer so we had like a cooler full of beer and then we realized okay the kids want to do this too so we bought some um uh root beer for them so they could experience it and so on and so forth and then <laughs> People were like, they're donating alcohol, and then they were like, uh, trying to give us money. And we're like, no, no, it's it's fine. And we we just basically, okay, you know what? We built a tip jar again out of Duplo, and <laughs> we started collecting tips, and we raised like two hundred eighty dollars. Which um, so Brick World actually has a charity event and auctions and things like that. So like we raised like two hundred eighty bucks for charity at our fake bar for <laughs> tips and like the. It is, yeah, of all the crazy fun things I've done, that's still one of, like, like Graham's idea of bringing people together in a centralized place. We got to meet everyone. Or like, it was, that, that's what the community is about to me. Yeah. Alcohol and Lego, bringing people together. Or not necessarily <laughs> alcohol. It was a fun place to sit. So with um, the Duplo, like, I, I just know Duplo was just, like, you know, really random colors and so forth. Was it a very bright-looking bar? It is green, all it's green, green. <laughs> entirely green, because that's what we had. That's what we brought. Yep. Uh, uh, Can't wait yeah, to see that. The, the green bar. Oh, it's <laughs> like when people ask me what is like the coolest build I've done. I was like the well, I didn't really do it myself. I helped build it, and I built some of the chairs. But like that, that that's the proudest build I did because of the the nothing I've ever done has engaged that many people like that. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's that. That would have been awesome to be at. <laughs> um, it, it was certainly fun. We've done other fun things too, uh, yeah. but that that one's that's up takes there. the cake for me. Yeah. Um, and people were sitting on the seats. Were they like bar stools? Yeah, we built Lego bar stools, and they held under people's. <laughs> oh yeah, like, absolutely. Um, wow. The only- the entire time only one chair broke and that's because that individual pushed back on the chair and then yeah. just the structural forces that it breaks right but if you sat straight down on it it's fine and we had some yeah. pretty hefty testing to make sure that it was okay <laughs> um now um so we talked a bit about lugs um and you're speaking sure. before about rebel lug um yes so what's a what's a geo with rebel lug so how did that come about rebel lug is an online lug. So unlike the other logs where they're generally physically based, Rebel Lugs are actually completely virtual. They do meet occasionally at conventions where they all do um, activities, collab, but it's a virtual group. And it all started by six YouTube guys that were all kind of just like kids that were doing Star Wars builds. 
and they created this rebel as in like the rebel alliance lego user group because like really yeah. at, at this point almost everyone just names puts verbs in front of lugs which is really fun <laughs> like the the un, there's a lot of unofficial lugs that are created like the i've made some of the silliest lugs like wing lug which you are a member if you have chicken wings with me or escape lug where if you <laughs> exit or if you complete an escape room with me you're in the lug like so like there's joke lugs like that but this was actually more serious where they got together and they wanted to start doing more and it was under this kind of originally more of a boastful banner and then they went all to chicago and that's actually where i met them and they're like we should like actually do stuff and i was kind of like the how do I put this politely in case they hear? They, they could use some help with their... Um, actually, their, their collaboration was actually pretty good, but I saw where they could go. Yeah. And I was like, the, I, I want to help like next year. Like Again, I'm, I'm like, I love building and helping people with builds and stuff. So like the, let me in, love, I'll, I'll help you for next year. But that five years ago has really expanded to what is called a regular uh, registered online lego community or oh. our lock so that's kind of like our lug but it's really a community of sorts so euro bricks uh which is another one's a registered uh online community uh brothers bricks is a third type of which is like fan media but like it's this creating a community that's not necessarily physically present and yep. the reason why that's the case is because there's slightly different criteria like the uh, the 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 actual Lego user groups are expected to put on shows and things, which okay, if you're scattered throughout the world, you can't really get the people involved. So that that's why you have the um, online recognized uh, or sorry, the recognized online community. So that's what yep. Rebel Lug is. And since its inception of the six kids that were uh, really just doing their YouTube thing. They've kind of grown and the, yeah, they did YouTube, but now it, it's a full fledged community. Like we have um, a discord server, which we talk daily. And we also have like um, approximately, Oh, let's see. It's 50, uh, 55 members right now yeah. um, uh, throughout the world. And there's about another 550 people that are on our server in a what we call the fall hangout or the um fans yep. of lego hangout where they're just they, they can chat with us they can hang out with us they can talk to us show us their work in progresses um and there's like voice communication so like fridays we typically try to like jump into a voice call anyone can join chat and talk about lego and for us it, it's like fostering this community of both our small membership are 60 odd people as well as the greater whole so like the one of the things that we do is we do collaborations and contests with ourselves yep. in other words the rebel lug crew will plan we know that we're typically going to go to brickworth chicago or brick and bavaria in germany who's going what are we going to do and build something cool for that as well as the we do online things like an online collaborations right now what um just on july 3rd we unleashed the uh, Rebelug uh, So Uncivilized collaboration, which is building blasters from Star Wars, because we, we typically have very deep Star Wars roots. So yep. uh, 15 of us, 16 if you include the person's Bricklink order that didn't come in on time, poor Finn, uh, we built various blasters from all the Star Wars universe. Yep. So from the cartoons, from the movies, to the video games, 
just choose any blaster and build it life size. Yep. And that was one of our so-called online collaborations where, yeah, we'll probably never get everything together. We'll probably get a bunch in Chicago because that's kind of one of our main North American venues. But the the whole intent was like the we're going to build something. We're going to just post it online. And, and that's the thing that we do. And then from the external side, we run contests or activities for them. And this is, again, trying to build the the community to be better builders, insert yep. some competition, inject some Lego into uh, the community because we do get sponsorship from Lego. So that's one of the nice things about being recognized is they will provide what's called support Lego, which we can help figure out what we might want. And if it gets approved, they will give it to us. And then we can pass that on to the public. So like the, if you enter one of these contests, a lot of them are sponsored either out of pocket by individuals or sometimes by Lego. Yep. And this all is dependent on various circumstances and what means and methods you might have. So as part of Rebellog, like that's that's what we want to do. It's like the we want to have a group where our builders aspire to be the best they can. Yeah. But we also want to make sure other people we recognize they're the new members of the future and give them the opportunities, give them the guidance and the carrot to try to do better. So like the some of these competitions, they get pretty like intense. Like uh, one that I honestly felt wouldn't work as well as it did was one that we just finished um, the first week of um, June, which was yep. called Vin Week, where you would yep. build a vignette every day. We you had uh, seven days for one week, and you were given six prompts. And yep. every day, you get a new prompt for what to build. And in my mind, like the... Well, man, I, I've done a lot of crazy things like Iron Builder and stuff. Like, like one a day of like sizable chunk is actually pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, but they—I uh, I forget the exact number, but I think it was approximately twenty people, maybe more—actually did all six builds. In other words, they built every single day something. Oh wow! It's a tough competition where yeah. you had to build between. Uh, 16 and 32 studs and that's actually 16 by 16 might not sound like a lot but to do it like six days straight yeah that that's quite a bit so that that one again it's like the it's providing the opportunity providing the challenge to try to get the the public involved because selfishly speaking those are our new members yeah. and we bring that in so we have a system where we have legacy members where people um the 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 typical age for rebel lug is slightly on the younger side because if you think about it it's rebel lug star wars it's usually a younger generation so there are people that kind of um get busy with life be it um university or schooling so yeah. we, we do have some people that are still kind of attached, but they're not like official members. They're that we call them what legacy members, and they can come back in. But like the the the, the fresh set of people is, is what's important because that's what's going to keep the community going. Yeah, it's going to be the kids that don't have that dark age, which is now a thing. Like I know so many people that don't go through that. Like they 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 yeah. even through university, even through. Um, like high school, they'll just keep on going. And and it's that community attachment, um, the usual yearly anchor points of seeing people in person at a convention, bringing your bills, bringing that, like that is the biggest change that I've seen since I've been here. And like the, the fact that there's a generation now that never had that so-called dark age, which is used to be extremely common 
it's neat. Yeah, there's a lot of Lego that's not getting chucked out now. <laughs> no, it's oh man, it is hard getting cheap Lego now. Like I don't even, like, I I don't even bother. There, there's no point. <laughs> it's also the sorting that goes along with it. Uh. Yeah, but like the sorting. Okay, to be fair, yeah, the sorting sucks. But in theory, in theory, it is exciting because there's a piece that you didn't know existed True. or you didn't have. So like the the finding the gems. Or um, I know the other day um, in our uh, the the Rubble community side, um, someone's grandmother bought them like a little box of Lego or something for something stupidly cheap, like twenty bucks. And he was not a big Star Wars fan, and it was on these one of these Fridays calls. They turned on the camera and they were basically like, "Oh, what's this piece? Is it worth anything? Is this worth anything?" And he started pulling out like this this. Um, Boba Fett and like the is that worth anything? Like, no, uh, that's a pretty standard one. Unless it's from like the Cloud City, which I don't know if you know is like the most expensive yeah. production uh, minifig out there. And they're like, yeah, no, unless you have that one. But there's no way. And then they're like, the oh wait, but I found this like cool torso with these printed art. Like the, everyone like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because he had a s- Cloud City in that box. It took him like all night to find all the pieces. Yeah, but like it was like everyone was like the oh my god that's worth so much. Um, <laughs> so like, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could definitely be something that is extremely worthwhile in U sets. Yeah, I've I've had that as well. I haven't mm-hmm. bothered to dig it out yet, but I've seen this one part and I'm like, that what is that part? And you look it up on Brinklink and you're like, there is literally only two sets that this thing comes in. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, so you do like to do a lot of um, competitions yourself? Me personally? Um, yeah, I do. Like the, I, I, I guess that's part of like the competitive side of me is like, I, I do like challenges. Um, yep. I do prefer running them. Yep. Uh, probably more so, but like you can only run so many before you get burnt out. So like partaking in them is also fun and refreshing. Um, but yeah, like I, I have entered in quite a few competitions, but normally I go into it less so to win, but more so to have fun. Yeah. Um, so usually I will do more amusing or joke builds and maybe more serious ones if I was trying like super hard to win. Um, though occasionally I will get uh, into the spirit and like kill myself and try to do uh, extremely well. So think something like Iron Builder or uh, Innovalog, another online um, community, they had their Style It Up contest where um, I took that one to heart and did their contest. Uh, that one was kind of fun in that they, they introduced restrictions. So instead of uh, Vin Week where every day you got a new theme, there was four weeks when you had to build one build a week and they added, they, they basically had a condition for each week. So the first week was, you can only use one color. Uh, the second week was, it had to be symmetrical. The third week is, it had to be sitting on like four bricks. Like you can, whatever structure you want, but you can only have four, the surface area, four bricks touching the, the bottom. And then the last one was, what was the last one? Um, 
Oh, no stud showing. You couldn't show any studs, so it had to be like completely smooth and things. Is that um, the one where you did two hands? Like, was yes. that one? Yeah. Yeah, so, so me being the, uh, the, the cheeky guy that I am, I actually ended up adding every condition after every week. So technically, you, only, you were supposed to have one kit. So like week one, it had to be one color. Week two, it had to be symmetrical. But I was like, okay, week one, I had light bluish gray or medium stone gray. Second week, I still had to use light medium stone gray, and it had to be symmetrical. <laughs> and then the third week, I had to do that and be on four. Like, that was not in the rules. It kind of started off as a joke, but everyone's like, you should do this. So at that point, <laughs> it was less the competition itself. It was more the absurd challenge of it. And there was that... Another criteria that I inserted for no apparent reason is the my four entries were actually all builds that were based off of MC Escher artwork because it just I just happened to do that and then yep. the second one and the third like the the hands building hands was uh, a very famous uh, drawing etching of MC Escher of the the two hands drawing each other yep. and every single one of those is actually a MC Escher thing that was reinterpreted in lego and like to me it's just like okay i, I i'm just having fun at this point and <laughs> but at the same time i was I'm still very serious like the it wasn't like a a, a simple bill like the it was actually surprisingly annoying because one of them was optical illusion where i kind of had to like like squint with one eye and then kind of look at it and then uh it wasn't until much later i realized i should just take a picture of my phone instead of like squinting at angles yeah uh but even after that competition is over i did like two more mc escher builds because i was just at this one this is just fun so <laughs> i i did some more famous works by him and i actually have a couple more in the works spoiler alert because it's just um just from like a artist perspective he's one of my favorite artists is so like the like not, he wasn't actually an engineer or mathematician. He was actually purely an artist. Yeah. But he did take mathematical concepts that he learned and stuff and like the to like an engineering kid. Like that was just always cool as a kid. So yeah. like the I've always loved Escher stuff. And then now like I'm I'm because of COVID and like none of this convention, I basically the next major convention I go, I'll probably have like a layout or display of MC Escher builds. Like I'll have the waterfall, I'll have the 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 walking up the stairs, I'll have the double hands, I'll have relativity, and yep. it's just like, it's this is just fun, <laughs> and so like this is like the, yeah, I, I didn't intend to win any prizes. I kind of knew, I kind of shot myself in the foot, but like the it was the running joke the entire time. It's like the, will the next category be something that simon could actually do or is it like <laughs> diametrically opposed like if it was like rainbow colors like the oh wait i can't do rainbow <laughs> color and monochrome come on guys so luckily i could do all of them and that yeah. was again that was fun and that's what lego is to me it's fun yeah like despite everything like if you're not having fun doing the builds there's something wrong and yeah. if there's something wrong make it fun and in this case, making it way more harder for yourself than necessary. <laughs> I, I actually do like your sense of humor in some of your builds as well. Like I've, I've noticed <laughs> you do like to put little animals and so forth in max. Oh, yes. I don't know when this started uh, because it's interesting because like 
I always post it on Flickr because that's where the community used to be when I first started. And yeah. as you know now, it's kind of diverged into Instagram, Facebook, and other things. So like I'm slowly building my Instagram portfolio and kind of reposting stuff that I built years ago. And looking back is like the I didn't start with animals and mechs, which is a very common thing for me. But like it has become kind of like one of my staples because it's just it can fun yeah Yeah. the just the position of an extremely adorable character especially with all the friend sets and things like that and putting it into like this weird and usually i don't make it like necessarily mean sci-fi but like just like cutesy sci-fi is just it's just fun um like i think possibly my favorite was a plush duplo bunny and that that's about like a, a a foot long yeah. And I built a giant mech for it. And that, that's Commander <laughs> Carrot. And again, it's the what is the most absurd thing I could do with a large plush Duplo bunny? Of course, build a giant mech. And even that year, we were like, the again, let's just take this to the next fun level. So we, we, we gave it a name. We made t-shirts for it. Like, sorry, not t-shirts polos with like embroidered patches of commander carrot so like <laughs> when we're at the convention when we're doing all these presentations we all look like we're in some very formal lug and it's like yeah it means absolutely nothing outside of the silly build that simon did <laughs> but like again it's the fun of that and the, the i do keep an eye out on all the like the new animals and stuff and i try to get them and i do carry a lot of them around in what i call the emergency drone kit Yep. Where it's basically a couple of tackle boxes of like little really parts that I have at convention. Uh, this is useful for like finishing off mocks or more likely when we have some downtime, we just open it up and like everyone pick an animal or pick a thing. Babies is another thing that I'm very known well known for now. Yep. Where we'll just take that and build something <clears> for it, <throat> and usually that ends up mechs or cars and things. And it's like again, it's just like fun, and that's the key. It, like the if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, animals and mechs in general are cute. Um, mm-hmm. Like Rick and Morty. Uh, what is it? <laughs> snowball. Snowball. <laughs> yes, I, I have done Snowball. Uh, um, once with a uh, the little dog, and then actually the Commander Carrots is kind of Snowball-ish. Yep. Um, but then again, that's a pretty generic robot that is has a dog for a driver um but it and and that's the sort of like it's just amusing it's fun it's cute uh they also make like nice little uh things that i can give away so the i I guess the very long story uh, that the first brick world i went to yeah um the so at that particular convention, there is something called the Brickworld Master, which is basically named like the best builder, the best community person for that year. And it's something that you can win basically only once. And it's like the highest award you can get. Uh, yeah. the, weir- the year I went, uh, that particular um, builder that won the year before uh, that I went was Arthur Gudrick. Um, and this fellow um, who unfortunately uh, has passed away, he... Um, decided to put scorpions throughout the hall. Um, he kind of had a bit too much. 
um, apparently had, went to the Lego store and bought a cup of scorpions at one point. And he was just like putting it on people's displays and things. And that was a bit of a mixed reaction because scorpion, a black scorpion, not sure what kind of message that sends. And like I've <laughs> talking to him, like he kind of put it more on things he liked versus things he didn't like. And so like, it was like a weird, no one knew what happened. And this was because uh, Chicago is the only convention for better or worse that doesn't really shut down at night. Um, uh, yep. Most conventions, they will lock the doors at a very specific time. I.e. They've, uh, they, they have rented out the hall from 8 a.m. to midnight or 2 a.m. So 2 a.m. or whatever, you get kicked out and you go home or do whatever you feel like. Yep. Chicago, because it's actually inside a hotel convention center where we are a hotel guest, they're like, you can stay as long as you want, as long as there's a coordinator or someone um, there to like shut the doors whenever you guys leave. So that's also <laughs> why I love Chicago because it allows for some of these shenanigans at night, uh, which is also good about it because you never want to actually mess with people, but yeah. you want to mess with friends yeah. or you want to try to do something nice. And so the, the first year I went, Arthur put out all these scorpions all over the place. And then people are like, they weren't sure what it meant or what was good. And then, that year, um, I actually won Brickwork Master. I was the uh, first time I went. I won, which is incredible. And if you were to ask me what are the things that shaped my so-called AFAL career, being chosen kind of shaped my okay. That I, all of a sudden I have like responsibility, or I have to try to uphold the community. Like it, it'd still be a weirdness that I would argue if I didn't win it that year, I would have been a very different a fall as i am today yeah but I, I so i won so i won and that was cool and like it was the first time a canadian won it was the first time like a uh, first timer won and like i was like blown away oh, wow. uh, i still vividly remember being in the back of the room because like uh, for, for the ceremony because i, I didn't expect I, I didn't even know what was going to go on like they, this is my first time going and like someone like had to like I, I remember adam myers was sitting beside me had to push me like to go accept the award i had to like make like a little speed like the, this is all <laughs> crazy but it was the drive home and because i had this eight-hour drive from uh chicago to toronto and i got uh nick delamora or nick and brick uh who's like an awesome streamer if you ever want to know about lego streaming on twitch uh talk to brick and nick but anyways like we're just pitching ideas of what we want to do next year because we just went to this convention we got we saw the things that we never thought we'd ever see before all these crazy ideas and we're like just throwing ideas and then i had this idea of the you know what arthur did i kind of like that that was cool that he put all these scorpions on things but like the let's do it so that it was slightly more obvious or, or slightly more uplifting it wasn't it's like the um it wasn't questionable what does this mean <laughs> and th this is where oscar kind of came in because my thought because at this time friends was coming out and like the what is the cutest animal so like if you think scorpion it's usually negative connotation it's yeah. black it's negative what is the opposite of that and i thought oscar and <laughs> i was like okay but if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not just going to put like a little hedgehog in everyone's display. I was going to make a little build for it. Like that, that's my style. Like the, I'll make a little sci-fi thing for Oscar. Yeah. And I even like, if you actually look back and like, I call this Operation Oscar. Like, because Oscar is also the lover. Oh, because I wanted to do this. And then the problem is like the, okay, how do I get like 500 Oscars? And like, the, 
this was like before <laughs> I, I knew much about lug bulk and all things. Like I kind of reached out to people I probably shouldn't have and like the, can you help me out? Um, so Oscar actually was a no-go. It was just way too expensive. Yeah. And this was just something I wanted to do for fun. So like no way I could afford or do this. So I, I ended up realizing frogs were quite cheap. And this is when they had that frog game, which unleashed a whole bunch of different color frogs. Yep. And the yellow frog was the one I picked because it's just visually very bright. You can see it all over the place. So I ended up designing what I call the frog pod. And it's a little fighter that fits a little frog. And I made it like 500 of them. And then wow. the subsequent year, uh, during that Saturday night at 2 a.m. when everyone, most of the hall was empty, like lots of people saw me doing it, but which is fine. Cause, and then I basically like, well, Arthur did it. I could do this too, right? And I'm like, ask for forgiveness later type thing. Don't ask yeah. for permission. Uh, so I started putting out all these little <laughs> frog fighters on every single display. So like, it, as long as you displayed something, I put one out there. And then of course I had like a mass cash of them because I did not do the math right. So anyone that wanted them, I had them and I still have them for years. Like, But I think that was actually the start of the whole animals in things because I created this little frog pod and it resonated so well. Everyone loved it. Okay, sorry. Vast majority of people. The, some people were like, they, they kind of put it to the side of their mock instead of where <laughs> we cleverly hit it, which is fine because like some people are very, um, and yeah, I've learned that since, like the yeah. Exactly. And so, like, we never try to, like, purposely break anything or do anything. Like, it was put it in funny places. And most people, and apparently this is more common in some of the other conventions, but for Chicago, this was brand new. And people loved it. And I, I knew one person that had a massive display that was probably, like, 20 feet long. And we probably put, like, five frog pods hidden there. <laughs> and it would be, like, a year later, and, like, the damn it, Simon, I finally found the fifth one you put in that little place because you don't see it. But like the, the public was the other thing. Like it never occurred to me that this would be like an I spy game for kids. So yep. they started, they, they, they spotted and realized very quickly that there are frogs all over the place. So they thought it was a game. So they went around trying to find all the frogs. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's sort of the origin story of like, why animals and sci-fi works for me is because the i was honoring arthur i was trying to do something on i stuck a frog inside a little cockpit in a spaceship and then since then uh any animal goes uh regardless of size uh, i've tried to shove it in there and and it's it's there's just something it's just fun and has it continued oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um for better or worse um now, the um, after Arthur's uh, passing, we've, we've renamed it the Gudrick. So these Gudricks are basically part of the um, responsibility of the Brickware Master. So every year since then, yep. since we basically <laughs> screwed over every single person after me, they have to design a little giveaway and place it around on Saturday night. And um, it, it's honestly, it is a really great tradition. And um like it, it's it's that nice no heartwarming little thing and like people that go many years like they'll have a collection of them from all the different ones yeah um so so it, it is something that has continued um and it, it's 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 neat and not they're not all animals so it's always 
based on what that person is. Yeah. So the person after me um, chose more of the theme. They made like an amazing little gumball machine. Uh, the one after me or after that was architecture. Like he did a tiny, I think it was like water tower, which is like a Chicago building. It's always like the, the almost like a physical manifestations of the builder, or I call them little horcruxes that yeah. we leave so that we can't be killed. You have to find all of them uh, to kill us. Yeah. One last thing I want to ask you about, um, and it's sort of a, a contest again, um, mm-hmm. but it goes against a lot of, what some purists would say like is in um mm-hmm. the battleship i'm just gonna say battleship <laughs> that looked awesome <laughs> um, how how did that come about like because were you involved in the planning of that or were you just a contestant oh no that that i will totally take credit that is entirely my brainchild <laughs> yeah, I thought um so, so- <laughs> The this once again falls into the how do we have fun? Yep. So um, one of the and, and it's very North American. Uh, it's starting to spread in Europe, but like the there is a certain amount of cathartic release when you destroy a a, a, a mock, basically. When we yep. destroy, I mean, like the convention's over. You've displayed it. You're going to sort it. So you can either put it back nicely in the box, or a lot of people like pushing it off the table or something and doing it something spectacularly like that. Yeah. And that is something that, um, again, my, my friend, um, uh, Nick Breck is very famous for smashing a lot of his stuff. I've smashed a whole bunch of stuff and it's not that I don't care about my leg. I also realized Lego's pretty re- like resilient. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't break that often. Sure. It might scratch here and there, but, Okay, let's face it. We probably did way more damage as kids to our Lego than oh, it would yeah. be dropping something to yeah. the floor. Unless it's and... brown, then it's fine. Yes, brown. Well, yeah, there's brown and dark red have yeah. historically had issues. But Battleship came to an idea of the, okay, smashing things is kind of inherently fun for some people <laughs> yep. and inherently fun for everyone to watch. And this is where the brainchild came about, where ship or capital s capital h capital i capital p is a long-standing thing in sci-fi and space or communities where it's a 100 stud long ship it stands for significantly huge investment in parts there's even like a whole month dedicated to trying to build one within a year um nowadays it's actually not that difficult to build that because again we have a lot of access to bricks, be yep. it BrickLink, be it uh, Lego directly from Lugbulk, or even Pick-A-Brick at Lego stores or the um, Australian equivalent. Yep. Um, 20, 30 years ago, Lego was much harder to come by. You want three pieces that only came in a set, you got to buy three sets. Yeah. There's no secondary market. You might get lucky at a garage sale, but you got to buy it. So back in the day, uh, it was very difficult to build a hundred studs. So it was a very significant effort. Now it's kind of easier to point where like the there's just a challenge to see if you can build a cool one in a month. Yeah. So building ships is something that I've kind of advocated and done a lot. And the next logical progression is like the what can I do with all these ships? That's super fun. And we launched this idea of battleship playing. Battleship, where we created um, a grid, a giant grid, 10 by 10, where each grid was 20, or each um, square was 20 studs. 
So that means a five stud ship, which is the largest in battleship, is exactly 100 stud. So you yep. had 100, you had 280s, a 60, a 40. Um, and we're like, okay, let's build a giant board and play battleship with it. Because that's just going to be fun. It, people can watch. And uh, we, we set it up. I, I built like a one-to-one kind of scale model, like scale model of the battleship. Yep. So they could actually play on a miniaturized version. And even like um, when we finally did it, we, we set up curtains and stuff so that the other team couldn't see what the other team is doing. Or, or specifically the people that we call them the captains or the admirals who are playing the game could not see the other side. The, yep. a lot, everyone else could walk around and see, um, but we, we couldn't <laughs> tell. So like they, they, were, they were facing each other. They could see their side of the board, but they couldn't see the other side. Yep. <clears throat> but the thing is, if the ship was sunk... And this was the key. And, and when I rounded up my um, conspirators and we had uh, four teams, so six teams that competed, if your ship was sunk, you had to destroy it. And that was the key. <laughs> and our favorite way of destroying it was dropping it, yep. which escalated to throwing it up in the air. Uh, my ship, which is... Sadly, I, I'll still say it's probably my favorite ship I ever built. Um, <laughs> I threw that like 10 feet in the air and watched it smash. And it was just, it was so, like, yeah, it was fun. Like, the, the, it was again this kind of what can we do that is entertaining for ourselves and yeah. can entertaining group and people. Uh, so, we actually did this like four years ago. And we had six teams, and we, we changed the rules slightly so that we can max out the amount of games we could play. So it was like, the once you've sunk half the fleet, the other half was safe and move on. We, we called it like uh. the mutiny rule, where they would get together with the other losing side so that we can create a final round of the, the misfit uh, people that just ran away and mutinied um, <laughs> from the cause. The rebels. And Exactly, and it's again it was just one of these fun things that happen that you come up with a crazy idea and you go to people have a crazy idea and you see how if it sticks yeah and it's stuck and um i i think there is plans because we did this four years ago next year will be the fifth year we might do a reunion tour where we build all new fleets and play it again because it was so much fun yeah um but but i will leave, leave out one final anecdote we were doing this and we're smashing up ships and we it was myself versus uh tim schwaffenberg um so there were only three people of the six that built their own fleets it yeah. was myself so i built every single um ship um, every other group had like either pairs or larger ships, something like one group gamer log. They built five individual ships, one for each person, but yeah. I built my own. Tim Schwaffenberg, he built his own. And uh, Caleb Wagner, he built his own. But I was up against Tim Schwaffenberg and we we're destroying all the ships and I was about to destroy my 80 stud. And then someone in the crowd said, hold up, wait up, wait up. Um, and this is uh, Dr. Lee Jones, who is like a staple of Chicago and like a always a big guy in the 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 community or the charity auctions and things to raise money for stuff you basically wait stop are you kidding me don't destroy that ship i will give you a hundred ducks for that ship if you don't smash it and i'm like me of course i'm like okay great so mentally okay i, I raised a hundred dollars in uh charity the, the ship costs 
honestly, it's probably 30, 40 bucks, but that, that, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. But me being me, it's like, okay, fine. I hear you, Mr. Um, Dr. Lee Jones. You're willing to give me $100. Everyone else, how much will you match to see me smash my shit? <laughs> and we started raising money. And uh, I, I, I forgot. So, so it became a bidding war. Um, <clears throat> doctor, because he's an actual doctor, had is usually well off and is a very um, uh, philanthropic person and definitely always gives charity so he was matching it and getting up and up and up and i think i forget the exact number i think it was something like 250 when he was like the i'm tapped out and i think the the the, the crowd had raised up to like 200 dollars yeah and we're like 50 dollars. and the last 50 i saw it, it was someone's hand shot up behind that curtain the curtain that i couldn't see uh i could have walked back but like i happened to be in a position i couldn't the last $50 was from Tim Schwaffenberg, my <laughs> opponent, because he wanted to see the ship break. Yeah. So it ended up, we raised like $250 just to not dis- to, 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 to watch me destroy the ship instead of donating it to someone else. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, again, it, that, that's the, the, the Lego community is some of the most charitable people I know. Yeah. And again, it, if you come up with crazy fun ideas and things like it just resonates and it goes back to like kind of like the Lego. There's this childness to it, this fun that like I personally want to see exposed and like doing stuff like this and just coming up with wild ideas and having other people believe in you that, yeah, I- I'm going to spend an inordinate amount of time for the sole purpose of destroying this. Yeah. <laughs> and some people like put in fillers in their ships, like a pinata, so that when it smashed, things came out like, like the, it was just. That's just awesome. <laughs> I, I saw the picture of you throwing your ship up in the air, and I was like, <laughs> "And but my first thought was because I saw other ship on the ground. I'm like, mm-hmm. hang on, is that someone else's ship on the ground? And you're then breaking. How do you sort that between? But it was all yours, so you're like, I don't have to sort oh, out. Yeah, what's mine so and what's yours. <laughs> So the, it depended. There, there's various ways we did it. Um, the ones that were that built their own fleet, that was really simple. Basically, anything on the board was yours. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones, we actually took it off to the side to smash. Um, so like under a um, tablecloth. And I'm hoping yeah. the Brick World Chicago organizers aren't listening. But we, well, we did do some damage to the bricks. Um, I think some uh, 1x16 technical bricks broke and definitely some pins for the most part the damage wasn't really that bad yeah. but we did rip a lot of tablecloths uh, because the sharp <laughs> edges landing from the throw it, it cut kind of through and we're like oh okay um because it was convenient to like take the tablecloth and dump it in a bag or a bin or whatever yeah so uh that that i would say we it probably cost more in tablecloths than it did bricks <laughs> but um again it, it's it's a weird thing that it's more common in north america it's kind of spreading so people that have gone to uh north american convention see this and kind of transplant it back but like the um i when we did this and when we posted some of the videos like it wasn't necessarily hate mail but um sometimes i would see some uh uh, references and things that i kind of was curious to see what people were talking and like there was like hateful messages with like the how are you 
damaging your Lego. Why would you destroy something so much? Uh, you know there are kids that would love to have. It. I was like, the, I didn't uh, throw it away. Yeah. I reused it. But like, yeah, to be fair, it was wonderful creation. But guess what? That that, that just means I got to do something better next yeah, year. Yeah, like, I got to build something yeah, else that, with that, it. That, that goes back to like my personal mentality of the, I'm not striving for a single perfect build. I'm striving to always improve and build something new, more interesting, more fun. Yeah. So to me, losing this or something like the, if it's gone through like the, the Lego circuit, so to speak, like the every convention I'm likely to go to, it's ready for the scrap heap. Yeah. Like I'll keep them around in case I need them for a show or to display here. But once it's all been displayed, it's good to go. It's It's ready to be recycled. Yeah. Because if I don't build something else with it, like, so if I don't break it and build something else, yeah. then guess what? I have to buy more Lego, which makes me poorer. <laughs> well, so I will point out that at one point, probably about five, six, oh, seven, seven years ago, I got involved with something called Creations for Charity. Yep. Uh, this was something that was the brainchild of Nanan Zhang who um, is an amazing builder and just came up with this concept of we as a community, let's face it, we are privileged. Like we, we Lego's not a cheap hobby, oh, no. which means most people are relatively well off. What can we do to help others? Because Lego is not cheap. Lego is an amazing toy. And I will honestly say, like, I'm an engineer because I play with Lego. Like, yeah. it, it wired my brain to think to solve problems and stuff. So there is something called Creations for Charity, where instead of dismantling your builds, instead of destroying them, put them up on a Bricklink store. And every um, October to uh, mid-November, Creations for Charity, you can buy mocks. People will donate the mocks and you can buy them, and that proceeds go directly to buying Lego for various organizations. So oh. I, I actually did do the Toronto one for many years, where the I took that money, I hit up my uh, Lego contacts, and like the say you you, you get a discount, right? Just nudge, 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 nudge. Can 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 you buy some Lego for me so I can donate? So like we donated to hospitals, um, shelters, and things like that, and that that's actually kind of where my mentality changed as well. It's like the anything that is medium size, that's something that I can reasonably ship to someone. Yeah. I usually now I don't plan for it, but like the I, I have tried to build over the years slightly more sturdy so that I can do this. And the I will sell that on Creations for Charity. I will yeah. put this up. Like the um I remember and maybe I'll never do this again. I jokingly asked one year, I'm um, just like, all right, of all the things I've ever built this last year what do you guys want? And if the price is right or reasonable, I'll, I'll put it out. And someone's like the, I really like that giant olive plane you built. And this was like my, if you know your airplanes, it's like a, um, like a globe trotter. So it's a massive plane. It's like probably a foot by a foot. That's yeah. completely olive orange uh, or olive green, sorry, with yeah. orange highlights, which I love. And someone like the, I would, I'd buy that. I'm like, I'm joking. Like, sure. A thousand dollars. Like done. Oh, <laughs> crap <laughs> so okay fine like, like I, I am a man of my words i i for a thousand dollars honestly to go to charity yes you can absolutely have so we put it up on the store and it got bought and i, I messaged you guys like the all right um so i i probably don't want to ship this to you i'll actually like 
because because I, I know the guy or know of him in passing. I know that he's West Coast and uh, I'll deliver directly. Um, so like I'll just bring the plane here. And he's like, oh, crap, I haven't bought it yet. But that's awesome. Like, wait, what do you mean? It was sold. Someone else had bought that plane. So all of a sudden, like the OK, so that's fun. <laughs> so, so, I, so, so I asked the individual who originally wanted it. It's like, so do you still want it or do you want something else? Like, no, no, I want the plane. And then so like the, okay, so I guess I am building two planes now, so I have to duplicate it. And, and I reach out to the other guy, and I'm like the, so did you want the plane, or, or do you want me to build you something else that's custom to you? And then he's like the, honestly, it was more for charity. Uh, so this is Connor Lil, uh, amazing guy that I've met over the years and got to know. And he was like more the, I just, it's an awesome plane. I loved it, but like, honestly, like just, uh, if you want to do something else and the other guy wants it really much, like I'm more than happy. So what we ended up doing was the, okay, I created a collab specifically for him. He's a mech builder. So I ended up planning a, uh, and I, I share the link as well, like a modular mech hanger system for a collab. So I built a olive and orange mech because again, like the, he bought an olive and we're playing yep. and olive orange is like one of my, typical color schemes that i just love so it's a very simony build but I, I created the structure where i got like five other people involved that says here is how we build this modular hanger we can put five side to side and it's gonna look really cool everyone build their own mechs and in the end like the i ended up he, he took the, the module home with the build um someone else gave him their mech and like the well okay you can't have two mechs with one module you can have the third <laughs> module or the second module that i built for him so he's got like two modules and the mechs and like again it's like the, the community is extremely charitable and yeah it's it's heartwarming to see that that someone like the sees how much someone likes something and that and, and as valuable as bricks are to people and yeah. I will say that even sometimes I'm like the, ooh, if I'm going to give this away, should I use this? I'm like, the, no, 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 just do it. It's, I can get more. <laughs> Lego's fungible. You can get more. Yeah. And it's, there's lots of ways to do it. But having something built by someone else is more valuable, more yeah. valuable and more heartwarming than any rare set, any rare minifig. So like yeah. the, I used to be the guy that collected the rare sets, and I have some really rare ones. But right now, I don't care about sets. So like the, it's a combination of, I know when I'm done with a build, if I give it to someone, it's going to stick on their shelf forever yeah. for the most part. I only know of one exception, two exceptions. <laughs> the second um, exception is kind of fine because he now works for Lego. But like the like, I, I collect mocks more than sets now. Like, yeah. like people give them to them. I'll buy them from Creations for Charity for a good cause. But like the that's sort of the community aspect I like is like not seeing the cool things that Lego produces, yeah. but the cool thing people produce with Lego. Yeah, well, that's it. At the end of the day, you're buying you're buying art, something from someone's mind. Um, but yeah, I've chatted your ear off enough already. So thank you for having a chat. Uh, and if you'd like to plug your socials. Almost universally, I'm known as Cymox, S-I underscore or dash M-O-C-S. So on Flickr, it's a dash. For Instagram, I don't think they allow dashes, so it's underscore. Um, you can find me um, at 
Brick Road Chicago as well. There's a fantastic convention that we started in Toronto called Bricks in the Six that I help run, which also means I get to do and figure out all the fun games, goodie bags and things like that. So if you kind of like where I'm coming from, you kind of can expect some of that. Um, but uh, yeah, like the reach out, I chat about anything, would love to hear from people. Okay. Brilliant, Simon. Um, could chat with you all day. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, hopefully get to meet you in person one day. Hopefully. Thanks for listening to For the Love of Brick. We have plenty of great interviews coming up, so if you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to drop me a line or see what I'm up to, Follow me on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Happy building, and remember, it's all for the love of bricks.